Gals, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thanks for being here. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Richard Martini. He's an award-winning filmmaker and author of Flipside, A Tourist Guide to the Afterlife, among other books about the other side. And he's going to be sharing information that will show you that anybody can access the other side. Welcome, Richard. Well, thank you, Laura. I'm so glad to hear your voice. <laughs> so it let's took us a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just get started with talking a little bit about you. So how does a film producer get interested in past lives and the life between life stages? Journey. Well, I'll tell you, um, it's, it's a little bit unusual. Um, as a filmmaker, I... I actually flipped a coin. I was trying to decide whether to live in Rome or to wind up in L.A. And needless to say, I lost the coin flip and wound up in L.A. And at some point, I met up with a an actress, Luana Anders. We became best friends, we lived together for some years, and then we were best friends for some years. And basically, she passed away in 1996. So after she passed, I started seeing her, hearing her, experiencing her, um, but as a younger version of her. And so it was kind of confusing. My whole life I had seen ghosts, but I had always just dismissed them as, you know, imaginary. But now here she was showing up and giving me new information, stuff that I didn't know, stuff that she was trying to explain to me. And because I was trying to figure out how is it possible that you can communicate with me and then at some point I realized, well, wait a second, if she can talk to me, how, how do I, that means she exists somewhere, so how do I go talk to her? Mm-hmm. And um, I was working in New York City, and um, I had an out-of-body experience, as I'm sure your listeners are aware of, um, but I suddenly was flying in deep space. You know, I'd had a few in my life, I'd always been resistant to it, but in this case, bang, I was like a shotgun or a bullet out of a barrel, and I was in deep space and suddenly I was turned like a 90 degree turn and then I was tumbling and then I was I felt the experience of being in another universe it's the only way I can describe it and I saw her there and uh, she opened her eyes and said you were looking for me this is where I am and at that moment I was flabbergasted because I was conscious I was aware everything was happening and some guy honked a truck horn up outside my window, and the next thing no, I knew was I was hurtling back. So I had to experience going backwards, you know, like a rubber band pulling you back. And I saw Manhattan coming up, you know, at a great rate of speed. And I sat up on my bed and thought, oh, now what the heck was that? What was that about? But that was like a kickstart into the journey. She had been a Buddhist, so I studied Buddhism. I became friends with Robert Thurman. I studied Tibetan Buddhism uh, at Columbia. I went to Tibet with Robert, and I filmed some stuff there with him, a documentary, it's online. But ultimately, I learned that what Buddhist philosophy told us about the afterlife wasn't in line with what I experienced, which is I was fully conscious while I was there visiting her somewhere. Anyway, and so that took me down another path where Ultimately, I stumbled into the work of a hypnotherapist named Michael Newton. Uh, he wrote a book called Journey of Souls, a number of books before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I picked up a chapter. I picked up one of his books, and there inside one of the chapters was 
one of his clients talking about being in a classroom in the afterlife. And that was something that my friend Luana had talked about before she passed away. She said, I have this recurring dream. I'm in a classroom on the flip side or in the afterlife. And I'm wearing, everyone's dressed in white and they're speaking a language I've never heard before, but somehow I completely understand. And when she passed away, I mentioned that to the hospice care nurse who said, well, that was, that was her recurring dream. She had it all the time. And then a very close friend of Luana's called me and said, I had the most wonderful dream last night. Luana was in the fourth dimension, she said, and she was in a classroom, and everyone's dressed in white. So when I picked up Michael Newton's book, this is maybe 10 years after she passed, the first chapter, there's a guy saying, you know, while well, I was under deep hypnosis, I found myself in a classroom, and everyone was dressed in white. And I thought, okay, the classroom, that's where I want to go. And so ultimately, I decided to make a documentary about Michael Newton and his work. That's the movie Flipside. And then the book is a transcripts of all these sessions that I filmed, about a dozen. And um, it was fascinating because Michael gave me his last interview. He was a hypnotherapist who didn't believe in the afterlife. But a client came in with a psychosomatic illness. He was trying to help him cure. And under hypnosis, he said, take me the source of your pain. And this guy said, wow, I'm being killed. I'm, it's World War I. It's Battle of the Somme, 1917. And uh, this German soldier's killing me. And Newton, who didn't believe in past life regression, said, well, wait a second. What's your mother's maiden name? What street did you grow up on? He asked him all these questions that the guy answered. And then... Unbeknownst to the client, he sent off all these details to the British War Office, and they wrote him back and said, yeah, this guy had lived and died in World War I, and this is his name. So from that point, he started seeing people um, doing past life regressions, and then about 10 years after that, a woman came in who was suicidal, depressed, and while under deep hypnosis, he said, well, take me to the source of your pain. And she said, oh, I'm in with my soul group. I'm seeing all of the people I normally incarnate with, and we agreed that we wouldn't incarnate together in this lifetime. So I realize I'm going to be with them soon. Thank you. And Newton said, wait, wait, wait a second. Is this in the past? Is this in the future? Where is this meeting? She said, it's now. I can see them all in your office. I'm accessing them right now in real time. So as Newton told me, he said he basically closed his public practice and for the next 30 years interviewed people who could take him to that other realm, the between lives realm, mm -hmm. 7,000 people over the course of 30 years. Now, I've since making that documentary, I've filmed over 50 different mm -hmm. cases of people under deep hypnosis, people I chose for their skepticism, often. But I also stumbled across the work of Dr. Helen Wambaugh, a clinical psychologist who had 2,000 clients that she did the same work with 10 years before Newton did his work. Mm -hmm. She was treating people with PTSD from the Vietnam War. Under hypnosis, they were recalling previous lifetimes, and she designed tests to see how accurate or inaccurate they could be um, because she could do forensic research when somebody remembered, let's say, a lifetime in the 1500s, she would ask them, like, what kind of clothing are you wearing? What kind of utensils do you use? What kind of food do you eat? Those are all knowable things. And so in her research, she wrote two books, Reliving Past Lives and Life Before Life. She did these clinical studies where she had the identical results that Michael Newton had and the identical results that I've had over the course of the past 10 years. 
So when I refer to the research or talk about the research, I'm really referring to something that science doesn't consider valid. They don't consider hypnosis valid. I'm sure you're aware of that. But as I spoke to a group of scientists at the University of Virginia where they do study near-death experiences and they study psi and they decide that study reincarnation, um, they pointed out, you know, that hypnosis wasn't a tool that they used. I said, well, that's fine, except you'd have to explain why thousands of people across the globe who under hypnosis answer the same kinds of questions that Newton would ask but they say the same things, and what they say is contrary to all religious dogma or all scientific dog, dogma, let's put it that way, simple way to put it. They were not agreeing with any religious philosophy, but they were saying the same things, that when you die, part of your, your, the conscious part of you that's here returns home. That's the term they use, going into the afterlife. That... When you that you don't die, that nobody dies, that their body fails, but you know the way a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, you transition into this other state that you used to be in before you came here. So those reports, science asks two things basically of any data: is it consistent and is it reproducible? And I think I've been able to demonstrate that that's accurate. Now in the past. Five years, I, I've, uh, I had a medium reach out to me, Jennifer Schaefer. She works with law enforcement nationwide helping on missing person cases. And she contacted me, said, I read your book, and you know, I think we should work together. And I, I was like any jaded person saying, hey, really? Uh, what, you know, you're psychic? What's that about? But what I discovered was that she's like a cell phone to the flip side. That, and I've been meeting with her for five years now. Every week we get together for two hours, and I interview people that I knew, um, people that she knew, people that friends of mine on the other side know on their journey. So I'm at, you know, I ask questions. Well, for example, uh, a guy, I've got two films. One's called One's the Flip Side Film. The other one's called Talking to Bill Paxton. Bill was a friend of mine. I knew him when his career began. My career was beginning at the same time. And I had three different mediums ask him the same questions. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? What are you doing now? What do you miss? Who are you hanging out with? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And all three said the identical thing. So there's a film at Gaia that people can watch called Talking to Bill Paxton, which demonstrates what I'm talking about, which is not that Rich Martini can talk to the flip side, that anybody can. And it just requires... An open mind, meaning you just have to be open to the possibility that your loved one still exists. They know they still exist. They've been trying to reach you for a long time. And because after a while of trying to tap on someone's forehead or knock on their shoulder or, you know, put a penny in their path or for a scent or a memory, they give up. It's just, it's annoying, you know, to, to be the person trying to reach out to somebody and they just refuse to believe or refuse mm-hmm. to consider the possibility that they still exist. So that's what the research has been, and that's what led me to you, Laura. <laughs> so if you don't do hypnosis, then how do you do that? So you're not so a, what you're I've not been doing. Oh, well, here's the thing. So I have been filming deep hypnosis sessions with different hypnotherapists, most uh-huh. of them trained by the Newton Institute, which is, you know, the, it, the hypnotherapy is hypnotherapy. You know, it's 
asking people to questions about you know their memory of what they what they do. In terms of the Newton method and the methodology, he sort of worked it into a, a scenario where he would very briefly talk about a previous lifetime. He would ask people to go to a previous lifetime that has some significance to this lifetime. So uh -huh. that kind of allowed them to narrow it down, not just something traumatic that happened to them, but something that was that was a lifetime that they chose that had some kind of experience. So I'll, I'll give you an example, and this this will help explain my, um, and it's not my opinion or philosophy or belief, but my experience with this research, which threw me for a loop when it first popped into my camera, but I was, I asked the Newton Institute if I could interview Michael, and they said, well, he's retired. They said, but, you know, we're doing a session in Chicago, my hometown, so if you want to come and film one of our workshops, you can. So I thought, oh, great. So I showed up with my camera, and they ushered me into a room, and there were about 100 hypnotherapists learning from Michael Newton. And by the way, I did meet Michael, and you know, once he got to know me, he said, sure, I'll do my last interview. And it was like maybe 15 years before he passed, but he just said, you know, I'm not doing this again, so ask me what you want. And I spent three hours interviewing him about you know, his journey, his path, and about his work, you know, asking him tough questions about everything. But what they did was they had me come into this room where there were about 100 people, and a hypnotherapist from Sedona offered to do a demonstration. And, uh, you know, they introduced me, my camera, my tripod. Um, and by the way, I've written and directed like eight theatrical features, so I actually have a career, you know, doing that. So it's not mm -hmm. like, you know, somebody just walked in. But still, I am somebody just walked in. They don't, I don't know what I'm about to see. So I begin filming, and this woman recalls with the help of Paul Orend, former president of the Newton Institute, he asked the questions, conducted the session, and Michael wrote observations on a big whiteboard behind them. Notice how he repeats the question, that kind of thing. It's fascinating, you know, it's it's in the film flip side. But basically Paul asked her, let's go to a significant lifetime that has some meaning for this life, and she suddenly was recalling being in Auschwitz in the gas chamber, naked, waiting for the, the um, showers to go on. And my jaded Hollywood reaction in my mind was to say, oh, how convenient. You know, the most dramatic thing in the past 100 years, she would suddenly, I thought, you know, is it possible she's saying this for the camera? I couldn't help it, jaded Hollywood guy that I am. But then she started talking about, you know, because the process is she went to this really traumatic memory, and then Paul said, well, let's go back to a happier time. And she went back through her life, and she was Anna Pachinsky from Warsaw. I was able to find her in the records, the forensic records of Auschwitz and also in Warsaw and her family, and she named them all. And then she said, um, and then we went forward, or he went forward with her to the point where she was going to pass over, and she did, and described what that was like, and then being met by her guide, and the guide taking her back home and seeing her family and friends and all the people she had died, that had died in her family. She saw them all. So that was wonderful. That was like a reunion for her. But then she got to her guides, teachers, counsel, and she said, why? Why did I choose such a difficult lifetime? This was so incredible. I lost everyone I ever loved. And then she said, oh, I don't know if I can, I can explain this, but they're showing me these images. 
it's going to be hard for me to say, but they're showing me that it was harder to choose to play the role of a perpetrator than a victim in this lifetime. She then went on to say every day in the camp was an incredible, difficult PhD-style lesson in compassion, in courage, in forgiveness. She said, but from my perspective, I could see that these people are going to suffer immeasurably longer in more lifetimes because of the choices they had to make in this lifetime. Easily the most politically incorrect thing I've ever heard that it was harder to play the role of perpetrator than a victim. But in these sessions, which I began to film that week, that was the first one, I filmed a number of different people saying roughly the same thing. There was a woman who recalled being murdered in a previous lifetime. She was thrown off a ship by the captain. She's in the water drowning. She's remembering this lifetime as an Irish sailor and swearing like a sailor and choking. But at some point, the hypnotherapist said, well, let's rise above and let's see what, what happened. Why did this happen? And she said, oh, I see. I was thrown off the ship. They voted me off because I, the ship had run aground. I was stealing food. I was a bad person. And then she said, oh, I see the captain. He's coming to me and he's saying, he's holding my hand. He's saying, you have no idea how hard it was to do that to you in this lifetime. She then said, oh, this man is my father. And he saved me from drowning when I was a child, a scene that she had never witnessed before, but later on was able to verify. And this is somebody who had a terrible fear of water, could not swim at all. And three, I don't know, about three weeks later or something like that, I filmed her swimming because the session had helped her access all the lifetimes where she had the fear of water. She was able mm -hmm. to overcome those fears because she was also able to see that we choose our lifetimes. We choose our lifetimes that are difficult. Why? Because we want to learn lessons or we want to teach lessons to other people. Or people come to us and say, would you participate in this lifetime that I'm going to do something really difficult? And I think if you're there, it's going to help me get through this. Now, the part that's really unusual, and I've you know, I've heard this so many times that I can say it with a um, certain degree of certainty, is that people can say no. They do say no. They'll tell us while they're under hypnosis, well, I've, I'm remembering when they offered me this particular lifetime, and I said, you know, I, don't, I hate the snow. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to do that. So they may say, well, you're deferring something you're going to eventually do, and then you can say, yeah, okay, well, let's defer it for now. But so here's the thing. I filmed after filming 50 people in the process of being under deep hypnosis. I realized, actually, a friend of mine. Um, I asked him if he'd ever done hypnosis. He said, "Yeah, it, it didn't work." I said, "Well, what did you do?" He said, "Well, I was in college, and somebody tried to put me under hypnosis, and I, I saw a face." And I said, "Well, can you remember the face?" And he said, "Yeah, I can. I can see it right now." I said, all right, well, let's, let's just try an experiment. And from there, because you can access anything from a memory, I said, well, let's find out who this face is. He said, I don't know. I said, well, maybe you do. Just put it in your mind's eye. Who is this guy? And eventually, within 15 minutes, he is recalling a lifetime in a particular part of Italy where he had tried to assassinate uh, this Spanish prince, because Spain, it, 
had ruled Italy in the south at one point in the period. I was able to look up all these details, find it to be accurate. But he was the guy, the perpetrator, the guy who was going to assassinate the prince. But they caught him and they tortured him and he gave up all of his, his friends. And all of his friends were killed. And while he accessed this memory, he burst into tears. And I mean real tears. This is a friend of mine I've known forever. He's a comedian. And, and there he was remembering that he had been a traitor in a previous lifetime. But accessing that memory made him feel guilty and remembered the guilt that he felt. Again, we're drinking coffee in a Starbucks in Beverly Glen. So since then, I've probably done it dozens of times where I've, I've had people on Skype or I've had people, um, and I post some of these on Martini Zone and on YouTube. But basically, I people that I've never met before where I ask them to access a memory and by doing so, because I'm familiar with the architecture of the afterlife, I can walk them from that experience or that memory into visit with their guides, their teachers, their counsel. Uh, if you look my name up, Rich Martini and Drew Pinsky, you know, Dr. Drew, or actually Dr. Drew and Rich Martini, you'll find I did a session with him live on the air, his wife's show, and in 15 minutes, he was recalling a previous lifetime and talking to his counsel. At some point, I said to his guide, can we take Drew in to visit with his counsel? And Drew said, what's, what's my counsel? And I said to him, Drew, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to your guide. Your guide knows what the counsel is. And the next thing you know, he's describing this room and these people who know everything about Drew and everything about his journey. So that's how I've taken this sort of odd turn into showing people how you, you – it's great to have a hypnotherapist. Absolutely. It's, you know, completely – I think you probably get more benefit of having the hours with a hypnotherapist of, because you really access profound and deep lessons. My thing is really just indicating, you know, almost skimming the surface. I'm just showing people that it's possible – that you mm -hmm. have a past life that you may not remember consciously, but your body remembers it or, or some part of your journey remembers it. You know, it might have been that you were, you know, you had a difficult time with a particular person who in a previous lifetime was, you know, the person you had a hard time with, you gave a hard time with. So then you start to understand, oh, I see. You know, this is, a, this is something I'm trying to work out. Okay, well, I shouldn't worry about it so much because I'm working it out. So... Laura, yes. <laughs> when we started this conversation, I had said to you, is there any dream that you've had of somebody that you can recall? And you said... Does it have to be a person? Well, uh, that, it doesn't have to be a person. It could be an event. It doesn't matter. It's your, it's your memory, not mine. So go ahead. What do you remember? Okay. Um, I remember... I remember, um, so it's a dream, and I remember seeing uh, praying mantises, and they were holding me down and opening up my skin like a spam can, and I was terrified. Is wow. that a good one? You skipped something yeah, else. Yeah, that's a good one. Sure. That's a good one. How, so how many you? so, but let's put it this way. It felt real, didn't it? Oh, yes. Okay, so I mean, I said that. Uh, listen, I'm going to ask leading questions, and it's because I can. Because 
okay. this is a game. I, I call okay. this a game. It's just a game we're going to play. And because you're an experienced person with hypnotherapy, um, it'll be easier for you to play this game than most. But, um, you know, let's start with this premise that whatever you're going to hear, see, experience is not going to be scary or creepy. Or it okay. might sound a little weird, right? Okay. But, mm-hmm. but it's, my con- it's my contention that, that there is nothing that's ever happened to you that you can't access as long as you don't judge it. Okay. So, um, so let's, let's, let's start. Let's see, where should we begin here? Well, you know, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask your, we're going to get to this praying mantis thing. Okay. We're going to get to it, but I'm going to ask him to do a little bit of a detour to get okay. there. I'd like your guide to come forward. Um, okay. I, I asked you before we started, I said, is it a male or female? And you said it's a female, correct? Yeah. I, not, you said you have many guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you said you had a number of guys. And so mm-hmm. I asked for a, like a primary, you know, just for this purpose of this conversation. And you mm-hmm. said her name Christina. is? Pearl. Okay. Pearl. Okay, very good. So when I say Pearl's name, what comes to mind? And, you know, if there's anything I ask you that seems inopportune or too invasive or something, don't answer it. Just say, I don't want to say that. I don't want to answer that. But I'm going to assume <laughs> that you want that, Okay, is that okay? Did I hit the nail on the head there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, listen, you know, it's not that I'm a mind reader, but I am a mind... No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> Pearl. Pearl, mm-hmm. first I want to just appreciate the fact that Pearl will come and talk to us, and I hope she will. So let's, um, let's do this first. Let's, in your mind's eye, can Pearl manifest as a person for you? What, do, what does she look like? She's small. Um, small okay. frame, about 100 pounds or less, dark hair, glasses, kind face. Color eyes? Oh, I, I don't know. Well, let's take um, a look. They are brownish, hazel. Hazel. Oh, very good. I love hazel eyes. Very good. Green and brown. Mm-hmm. So nice. They gave you twice. So, Pearl, and she's about, you say she's, uh, she's, she's smaller than you. She's much, what yeah, she she's wear- little. What is she wearing in your mind's eye? And it doesn't matter what it is, whatever it is. What, what pops it's into your mind? Shapeless. Um, loose, dark dress. Yeah, it's kind of shapeless. Shapeless, dark dress, and mm-hmm. let me ask you: Is it is it a um, shapeless? You mean like is it more of a cloak, or what do you mean by shapeless? No, it's fitted around the waist, but big and blousey on the top, and big and blousey on the bottom. Okay, very good. So, um, do me a favor: in your mind's eye, take a hold of. Pearl's hand or hands, both of them, and describe mm-hmm. that. Is that what are they soft or hard or small or what? Big. Uh, arthritic, big knuckles, bony. Okay, bony. So, about what yeah. age does Pearl appear to you to be? It's funny because somehow she feels young, but she doesn't. <laughs> I understand. Kind of... I, I understand. Yes. Yeah. So she's old. She's an old spirit, an old soul, but her visage, the way she looks, is younger. There's a mixture of energy. Very good. So, Pearl, 
may I ask you some direct questions and you put them in our friend's mind? Yes. Yes. Okay, very good. I'm going to ask you some weird questions too, Pearl, so I hope you don't mind. And if, you know, anything's weird, don't worry about it. Are you familiar with what I'm doing? Pearl, are you familiar with what I'm doing? Sort of. Sort of. Okay. And are you familiar with that through Laura? Yes. Or through somebody else? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. through Laura. Okay, very good. I always ask. Sometimes they say no. <laughs> Sorry, don't know you, buddy. But sometimes mm-hmm. they say yes, so that's great. Okay, so it's sort of very vaguely familiar with the idea that I'm going to ask you questions and, and you put them, pop them into Laura's mind. So let me ask you, um, Pearl, did you have arthritis? Is that why you have your knuckles are kind of misshapen yeah. like that? Yes. And was that in a previous lifetime? Yes. And would you put that in Laura's mind? Well, let me ask you, have you ever had a lifetime with Laura? Yes. Okay, very good. Would you put that in her mind? Let's go to that place. Now, just some some event in that lifetime. Are we inside or are we outside? Inside. Inside. And if you could describe this inside place, is it a room? Is it a... What is it? Yeah. It's a small living room, crowded, too many people. Okay. Crowded, too many people. Let me ask you, um, Pearl, if you could tell us, what, where are we? Are we on the planet Earth? Let me ask you that first. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and what country are we in? What's the, want to just pop that into Laura's mind? USA. USA, okay. And where in the USA? North, south, east, west? Ohio. Ohio. Okay, great. Smack dab in the middle. And what year comes to mind when I ask that question? 77. 77. And is it this century, previous century? Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> so what, what 77? 1977. 1977. Okay, so yeah. Pearl, you're saying that you lived in 1977. Let me ask, Laura, because I don't know, when were yes. you born, my dear? Before that. Before that, yeah. okay. So, yeah. so Pearl, yeah, but- is this a lifetime that you led that... You were here, or was was part of Laura in this lifetime, or is this what are we doing here? Yes, Pearl died in seventy eight. Okay, very good. All right, very good. And what what was your role in that lifetime? What did you do? Teacher. A teacher. Okay. Did Laura know you? Yes. Okay, very good. All right. I'm just trying to clarify everything here. So you are a teacher of Laura's. All right, so Pearl, I'm going to ask you to um, help us. I'm going to ask you to help us access some memories. So let's let's help let's help Laura access a memory of her previous lifetime, of a previous lifetime that she might be something she's aware of. But whatever it is, what's the one that comes to mind that has some influence on this lifetime? Are we inside or outside? Outside. Okay. And same thing, is it uh, outside? Are we in a forest or where are we? Describe um, the setting. It's there's, it's green. Um, probably not enough to be a forest, but it's green. It's green. Okay, very good. So you see trees? Yes. Okay, very good. Very good trees. And so 
take a look around you. Are you by yourself or with somebody else? No, there's other people around, but not right with me. So the people All right, well, the let's in the distance, I get it. So, and take a look at yourself. Are you a male or a female? Female. Female. Okay. About what age? Mm, late twenties, early thirties. Okay. Very good. And let's just describe her. Uh, what's she wearing? Tan. Um. Tan top, tan bottom, looks like a safari outfit or, or yeah. Yes, yes, khaki with okay. a hat. It looks like a safari outfit. <laughs> so take a look at her shoes. Is she wearing riding boots? No. Okay, They're leather, short, tight. They look kind of custom made. or Excellent. So uh, yeah. please do us a favor. What's the name of this person? What's the name we can address her as? Or first letter? Um, getting a D sound. A D sound. Okay, very good. Yeah. That's fine. And the last name begins with the letter what? A G sound. A D G. A D sound. Uh-huh. Oh, a, I'm sorry. A V sound, like in Victor, and D is in door, no, right? G as in goat. Oh, G as in goat. Okay, so I'm sorry, the first initial is V as in Victor or D, D as in door and then G as in goat? Yes, door goat. Door goat. Okay, very good. So <laughs> let's let's ask her, Is a, does a, let's just think of a name that begins with D that might apply for her and we, we might change it later, but whatever. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say that? Just give her a name that begins with D. Danny. Danny. Okay, very good, Danny. Thank you. So, Danny, what year is this? What's the year that pops into your mind when I ask that question? I don't have a specific year, but it's 30s, 1930s. 1930s. Okay, very good. And where are we on the planet? Looks like Africa. Okay. Looks like Africa. (laughs) North. Sorry? I know that's a giant place. No, no, but um, north, south, east, or west. When I ask that, middle. north, south, sorry, the middle, middle, the middle. Okay, so like the Congo kind of a thing. 1930s. And what's yeah. well? Let's let's figure out what does what is Danny's occupation? Is um, she? A, I mean, what is her story? What's her journey? She is a companion or a wife to someone else. She's a partner okay, to somebody good. else here. All right, very good. Well, let's go to a moment when she's dining with her companion, when she's having dinner somewhere. Okay. So descri- describe her companion. What does this person look like, male or female? Male, dark hair, tall. Okay. And what's a name that comes to mind when I ask what's his first name? Steve pops into my head. Steve. Okay, very good. Steve or Stephen. So, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question, my friend, because you're here. This is a memory she's having. I'm going to ask you a question. Is that okay? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Steve, what does she look like to you? When you look at her across the table, what, who is this person and what does she look like to you? Oh, 
Um, hmm. I mean, are you guys husband and wife? Yes. Are you are you just uh, you know? Did you marry her for money? Or, I mean, what's the story? <laughs> Is, are you in love with her? Or are you just tolerate her? No, very much, very much. Very much. Okay, well, very that's much. good to hear. All right, very good. We'd like to hear that. So, Steve, yeah. this is your wife sitting across from you. Describe how she's dressed at dinner. How's she dressed? Same outfit? White shirt, lipstick, red hair, curly. Wow. So, Steve, what the heck are you doing bringing your wife uh, to Africa? Are you guys mining or hunting or business, or what are you doing? Uh, I couldn't be separated from her. And she wanted oh, to come. Very good. So you, so you forced her to come with you. Is she happy to be there? Oh yes. She <laughs> feels the same. She doesn't want to be. Very separated. good. Now, let me ask you, Steve. Are you in her? Are you in Laura's lifetime now? No. Why not? Oh. Um. She died. the 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 timing wasn't right. Timing wasn't right. Okay, but you're. Let me ask you this, Steve, and and I know you know the answer to this, but are you keeping an eye on her? I'm from Laura. a distance. From a distance. From a distance. Okay, but not so distant right now, because here we are talking to you. Yes. Okay. Very good. I appreciate you answering my goofy questions, and and uh, and of course you're always welcome to have a conversation with Laura at any time. So, Pearl, I know you're you're hiding back there. Come on back forward, my dear. I need your help. Okay. Can you? Very good. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. We're gonna we're gonna head out of this memory for a moment here. Pearl, I need you to walk her in to visit with her counsel. Can you do that? Yes. Okay. Very good. And describe it, Laura. What's the journey? What is it? Are we outside or inside? Outside. Outside, okay. Take a look around you. Are there trees or what do you mean outside? No, no. Like it's like space. Like space. Okay, very mm-hmm. good. Like you're like you're above and you can see below. Below is space, but like deep space, or are you deep seeing space. clouds or any of that stuff? No, deep space. Deep space. Okay, very good. Let's not mm-hmm. judge it, but like you know, how does that work? It's fine. Now, your counsel, how many, when I ask for your counsel, how many people are here? Oh, um, they're not people. Don't judge. So how many individuals or beings are here? It looks like five. Five. Very good. Okay. And first, I want to thank the counsel for allowing us to have this conversation. And I want to ask permission, and Pearl can put the answer in your mind. Is it okay for us to ask you guys some questions? Yes. Very good. Let me ask this question first. Are you familiar with my annoying questions to councils? Yes. How are you familiar with this? They know you. They know me. Okay. And how do you know me? Have you met me before? Yes. Okay, where did you meet me? Some of them have talked to you before in in a okay. in a thing like this. 
Not all of in them. In another yeah. setting. Okay, very yeah. good. I, listen, I'm not being annoying, and the council knows why I asked this question. I asked this question because sometimes that's the answer, that they've met me in other council meetings because they serve on a number of councils. So they know that I'm not going to ask them any kind of questions that are importune or uh, out of line or out of sorts. I do this with the utmost respect, but also the utmost um, trying to be aware of the fact of our journey so that we can learn from it and, and help and heal others. So if you could tell me how are they arrayed, these five individuals, are they in a line or are they in a circle or where are they? More or less a circle. More or less a circle. And is there any mm -hmm. table? Are they standing or sitting? They are don't have limbs, but they're they're light beings. They don't have limbs. They're light. So they're kind of That's floating. Okay. Yeah. Kind of floating. Very good. So yeah. do me a favor. Pearl, I want you to escort her, take her by the hand, and I want you to walk up to the first being on the far left. Mm -hmm. And describe that being to me. Is it a color or what, what color is this light? It's a color. It's kind of greenish yellow, pastel y. And okay. the texture is kind of foggy. It does, it's this, not solid. It's not solid. And is it undulating or is it matte, like flat? The colors? It's, I mean, what? Go it's ahead. kind of like. Concentrated fog. It's you couldn't touch it, um, but it's it's not. It's changing all the time. Very good. And so, I'm going to ask this person a question. First, I have to ask: Is it okay if I ask you questions? Is this okay? Is this yes permitted? It is. Yes. All right. So, what's the feeling you get, a male or female, neither or both, when I ask that question? From this Neither. 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 Very good. Can I ask you to manifest as an individual for the purpose of our conversation? You don't have to, but I'm just asking. Is it possible? Yes. So would you manifest as an individual for her, and I'll help walk her through what it is she's seeing. So okay. what do you see? It's like it's trying. It's not quite there yet. Um. It's got human limbs, but the face is not clear. It's like the the top part is, yeah, I got the bottom part, Still but light. not the top. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's fine. And, and you know, that could be, let me ask, what's a, what's a name that we can refer to you or a letter? This is another G. Another G. Okay. And so let me, I'm going to, G, this G, Mr. G? Um, Senor G, can I ask you, uh, what quality do you represent in Laura's lifetime that has allowed you onto her council? What's one word that that you would that you represent in terms of her spiritual involvement? Um, the colors changing, and I'm getting uh, spirituality. Spirituality. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's wonderful. Each person on your council represents something. And so this person, Miss G, Mr. G, um, represents spirituality. So let me ask you, Miss G, Mr. G, have you ever incarnated as a human? 
No. No. And how many councils do you sit on or participate in? Oh, limitless. Limitless. Okay, a lot. Okay, yeah. a lot. Very good. Mm-hmm. Now, are you one of the people who's run into me before my annoying questions and councils? No. No. Okay, very good. That's fine. I hope you don't mind me asking. Um, but so, what do you? What's your opinion of Laura's journey? How is she doing? That's the question. He's he, I guess, <laughs> is saying okay. that it's not for him to judge, but it's kind of like um, approval. But it's it's not that positive. It's just I understand. More... He's trying to avoid judgment. Yeah. On any level, right? Yeah. And so instead yeah. of saying she's doing good, because yeah. and then also he doesn't he doesn't want to be. Um, uh, limited by a manifestation of male female, you see. So that that I and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Mr. G. It, you know the idea of we limit people when we identify them. Well, you know we say, well, he's a guy and he's just tall and da 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 da, and his represents spirituality. It's not. It's just a tip of the iceberg of what he represents. Is that correct, Mr. G? Yes. Yes. Okay. It, Very good. It feels like he's trying to comply, but it's. Yes, it is very limited. I understand. I'm, that's why I'm trying to ask you neutral questions, mm-hmm. stuff that you don't have to have a judgment for. But mm-hmm. So when I ask in terms of spirituality and in terms of her journey, just in terms of the quality that you represent for her, do you feel she's on the right path? That's the question. I know it's not up for you to judge, but if you were in the balcony, would you be applauding or would you be doing thumbs down? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yes, yes. Applauding okay. in the balcony. <laughs> applauding in the balcony. Okay, I gave him something that wasn't totally like commit committed. That's fine. Pearl, I'm going to turn. Would you turn back to Pearl for a second? Pearl, how do you think Laura's doing? Um, Pearl is is effervescing with love. Okay, very good. A little different answer. But that's just to demonstrate how each person is different. Each person, mm-hmm. each person on your council is different. They're not all the same. This can't be information coming from you. Otherwise, you'd have them all cheering and applauding and, you know, blowing off fireworks. <laughs> so I, I think it's fascinating because, you know, Pearl, of course, who spends a lot of time with you, right, hanging out with you, doing your thing, she loves mm-hmm. what you're doing. But your spiritual mm-hmm. teacher, your teacher is not going to demonstrate kind of ec- ecstatic, you know, applause because obviously wants you to continue to learn and blah, 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 blah. Okay, like a teacher right. would. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. G, would you introduce us to um, the person on your left? Yeah. Is that a male or a female? Or what, is that a light as, as well? We started with a yeah. light, so let's... Go to that. Um, what color? Blue one. Blue. A blue one. Okay. And a, more of a male or female, neither or both energy? Male. More male. Okay, very good. And can we can we ask for a name or a letter we can work with? Uh, it's an F, and it's a sound that I don't know if I can make. <laughs> a sound? Is it like, well, what animal makes this sound? 
It's it's like a bunch of consonants without a vowel. Okay, very good. Like a bunch of consonants without a vowel. Mr. S, we'll call you that. Thank you so much. What do you represent on her council? This um so this is communicating in symbols and sounds but not not necessarily words and this this is I don't there's not a word for this. It's it's bigger than um I don't know how to say this. <laughs> it's just, well, let's start with the the basic uh, form constants. So, are, are we talking about a circle, a square, a pyramid, or a gem, or what word comes to mind when I say what does this symbol look like? Is it three dimensional, two dimensional? No, I'm not trying to be difficult. Um, it's like the no, universe. Okay. It's like the universe. So it's a, it's like the universe. So in, in so when I ask the question, what do you represent in her journey? Do you represent knowledge or do you represent access to the universe? Mm, it's bigger than that even, I think. It's kind of like... Hmm, it's kind of like infinity, um, moving through time, moving through space. It's... it's it's like all things all at once. I'm not. I don't. I don't know if I'm making sense. That's okay. No, I understand what I he. It's, it's so I, if I was going to put a word into your mouth, it would be consciousness. You represent consciousness. Okay. Okay. That that works. Yes, that's a good word. <laughs> okay. Very good. I understand. I understand. Which is, which is the essence of everything we've known and everything we could know and all, all the objects and all the things in the universe. It's that's what consciousness is. So yeah. you rep so you represent that on her council. Has she had some is that something she's gonna access in this lifetime or did she access that in a previous lifetime? Where did Laura earn your representation? Oh, what a question. That that looks like a long time ago. Okay, very good. I know I know what that means. I'm just saying I'm familiar with the architecture. So uh -huh. a long time ago she had a lifetime that was uh, that had something to do with learning about consciousness, and that's how you appeared on her council. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, thank you. And how many councils do you sit on, my friend? Very few. It's a Very small few. number. So, like less than 10? Yeah. Less than 5? Less than 10. Okay. Yeah. And are you familiar with my work from somebody else or no? This, yes, no, not yes, familiar, but yes, because um, because he's familiar with everything. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, very good. It's not like he was sitting around the council cooler and somebody went, hey, Martina. Right, right. He's, yes. he's asking questions. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know about you. What don't we know? Okay, very, very good. Okay, so, Mr. S, the lottery numbers for this Friday. I'm kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> he would tell me if he could. He would tell me, but he won't. All right, very good. That's fine. I understand. Um, let me ask you: Is he wearing anything, or is or is he just what's he wearing? You know, what's his clothing? If when when I ask that question, do you have any clothing? Um, kind of. It's uh, everything's blue, baby blue, and it's um, 
like a robe. Yeah, like a, a robe. robe. Okay. Yeah. Any jewelry mm-hmm. or pendants or any of that stuff on them? No. Okay, and how about Mr. G? Looking back. No jewelry. How about Pearl? Pearl does have a brooch. Okay, and what? where is the, what she wearing that? Around her neck? Around mm, her shoulder? The left side. It's on the left side, and take a look at it. Pearl, do you mind? We're going to look at your brooch for a second. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? What does it represent? I mean, what is it made out of? It's uh, gold tone. I don't. It's not gold, but it's gold tone, and it's got uh, rhinestones in it, and it's a uh, peacock. Ah, peacock. Okay, so Pearl, is this peacock related to Laura's journey or related to Pearl's journey? I'm getting both. Oh, very good. And what does that animal represent? Metaphorically, uh, spirituality, beauty. Okay, Spiritual. Being. I'm sorry. What was the second one? Beauty and being beauty. seen. And being seen, S E E N. Yes. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You know, sometimes they wear stuff that represents deeply profound answers to the journey of what we're on. I think it's just really cool. I will never look at a. Uh, peacock again in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Pearl. I appreciate it. All right, so let me ask for the spokesperson for this council. Is there somebody here that represents the spokesperson? Yes. Who can come forward? Who's that? Yeah. That's a different one, and this one's magenta. Magenta. And are they in the middle, on the side? Where are they? Middle. Smack dab in the middle. Okay, mm-hmm. and and now let's go over to uh, this. Mid- well, before we leave, um, Mr. S, would, can you reach out over and take hold of his hand? Tell okay. me what that feels like. Uh, it's um, he doesn't have a hand. <laughs> He's okay. alive. <laughs> but when but when you're when you're reaching over to that light, is there any kind of sensation or emotion that follows? Like a feeling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a hologram. It's like he's not here, he's a projection. Okay, very good. Very good. So uh, let's go to the magenta person. Is this a male or a female? Neither or both? Neither. Neither. All right, very good. And and can this magenta person manifest as a person for us, just so for the sake of conversation, as a male oh, or a female? It was much easier for her, yes. Okay, very good. And t- describe what she looks like. Small, um, dark, happy. Sassy color eyes? Kind of Did you say Brown? sassy? Sassy. Did you? <laughs> sassy. Okay, very good. All sassy. right. Mm-hmm. And 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 so what's a name that we can use to address her? Mm. Or a letter. It's a D. A D. And Miss D, what 
quality do you represent on Laura's council, if I may ask you? Uh, like fun, amusement? Fun. Okay. We like that. Amusement. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with these weird questions I've been asking people? Yes. And how so? This one has incarnated as a human. This one feels much more familiar, more accessible, more okay. like she knows what's going on. So, I'm sorry, what color hair does she have? Oh, dark. And can yeah. you can you take a hold of her hands and tell me what if there's an emotion associated with holding her hand? Yes, she has a hand. I can very easily take a hold of her hand. It's a small hand. Um, it feels warm. The temperature is warm, but she feels warm too, like um, like a hug, like 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 a mom, that kind of like warm. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. So familial feel, like you've known this person. Yes, but a long time ago, maybe it feels okay, different. Or like, you know, like a cousin. <laughs> sure. No, no, I understand. Plus, you know, this is your counsel, and every time every time between lives, this is who you come and speak with. So they're familiar with you. They know who you are. Let me ask you, um, uh, Ms. D, how many counsels do you work with? It's, um, it feels like more than... Um, the blue, blue Mr. S, yeah. Yeah, Mr. but not, not a lot. Not a lot, but like a few. Okay, very good. And, and the quality that you represent in her spiritual involvement is amusement or comedy yeah. or lightheartedness? Yeah. yeah. So how is that valuable as a healing process? If you could describe that to Laura. Why is, why is amusement or being funny healing? I'm assuming keeps, that that's what your role is. Yes. It keeps things from getting too dark and too hard. Okay. And it, But is there a quality about laughter that is healing or helpful? Just put yes. that in Laura's mind. What is that? It, it's not just for the person who's doing it, but it, it's something that can be shared. I see. I've heard also that somebody who's ill, you know, it changes their disposition, having a belly laugh or a laugh immediately. Mm -hmm. It's like the fastest way to get people to be outside themselves is mm -hmm. to get them to laugh. So that's, is that true, Miss D? Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that I say stuff in the hands. I ask council members to agree with me. No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, so how do you feel that our friend Laura is doing? What's your opinion of her journey? Great in terms of laughing and having a good time. Okay, so a little bit different than you know, Mr. G. Yes, Mr. S. And uh, so I'm just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say that again. Her energy is very different from the others. That's great. And see, I just think it's wonderful to you know understand that your council members are just as complex and different. Now, I want. Everybody in the council to weigh in. Is there anything anything you want me to address or ask a question about? Or what would you like us to talk about? 
They say keep talking about what you're talking about um, because it's important for people to hear it. Okay, very good. And so here's a way for Laura to share this information with her audience, with her friends. Um, I've heard this often. I was just talking about this with a friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, people do have these experiences in their life where they feel alone, they feel lost, or they feel lonely. And if anybody in the council wants to talk about this, but the idea that you guys are always connected to us, you're always tethered to us, that all people have to do is ask for their guides to help them. Is that correct? Yes. So why is it so difficult to access you guys? Fear and... There's something else like... So this is, I'm not getting words, but like symbols, so I'm translating. But it's, okay. it, there's something like a, a distortion in a, the energy field or something. I, I don't know if it's like cell phone signals or something, it's something like that. There's some sort of distortion. Okay, very that good. Harder. There's a distortion, I understand. And so let me clarify. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But to clarify... For you guys to speak with us, you have to change your frequency or lower your frequency. Thank and you. We, yeah. <laughs> th that's correct. Okay, thank you. And that's then and in terms of our being able to understand or listen or hear, we have to adjust our frequency, which we might do through deep hypnosis, we might do it through a meditation, or just yeah. listening. Okay, or dreaming, obviously. That's one other one. I mean, this is how we got here. All right, so listen, I need, uh, I don't want to forget our questions, so everybody wants you to weigh in. Uh, listen, I think we should ask uh, Miss D these questions because she seems to be the one who's the most lighthearted and she'll have a sense of humor about it. So what was up with that praying mantis dream? Now, let me ask you, Miss D, was she having a metaphor for an experience of, of being on another planet, or is this just was that a dream? It's like she ate too much pepperoni pizza. What what happened there? Um, I can't. Hmm. So she may not want you to know. Let's ask her. But let's ask her. Let's ask D. Do you want her to know the answer to this question? Yeah, she's gone dark. It's like I can't see her anymore. Okay. All right, Miss D is not going to answer that question. Okay, very good. So, Pearl, you haven't gone anywhere. You're my pal. Yep, uh, yeah, yep, you're here. Thank you. So, Pearl, let me ask you, is it okay for us to ask this question about these praying mantis dreams? We don't have to, but I just i am curious. She's smiling, <laughs> and she's saying she said that's not important right now that's not important right now okay very good so but pearl if i may may i explain what i think she was having an experience or a dream about as a metaphor yes. and yes. you correct me if i'm wrong okay that's this okay. is an easy way to go so listen mm -hmm. people have had uh experiences accessing lifetimes on other planets. People have had experiences um, with being visited by friends from other planets. Let's just call it that because, look, if you live on another planet and you acquire a certain amount of friends, 
when they come to visit you, at a UFO or whatever it is, we may consciously think of them as a scary thing, you know, something odd. But in actuality, they're friends. They're really coming here to see how we are doing and maybe to pass along information. Am I right so far, Pearl? Um, she's saying that the answers are going to come, but not yet. Okay, so you're she, saying just she, hold hold off on this answer for now. Okay, very good. I'm just saying in, in terms of my research, I have talked to people who've had memories of being on other planets and seeing, you know, um, creatures, let's just mm -hmm. call them that, you know, that don't look like humans and are different. But once once I start to access who these people are, they um, they respond. You know, they they let us know that they're friends. They're they're not enemies. So I just that's what I want to clarify, Pearl. Were these were let's just one or the other? Was the praying mantis dream her accessing some entities or beings that she knows or does not know? Yes, that yes, she knows them. Yes, you're right about it being a contract and there being consent <laughs> okay. on, on a right, higher that's level. All, that's all we need to know. That's all I wanted to point out because, yes. you know, disconcerting, <laughs> you know, and it, it relates to the very beginning of our conversation. It relates to pain and it relates yeah. to you know the experience of pain which is a mental construct let's not forget once we're outside of our bodies we can't experience pain and that's part of the reason we come to the planet so that we can experience pain if you think of it as once you're outside the planet you you might feel emotions you can feel emotions that other people share with you you can you can ask people like what was your journey like and they'll say oh my god it was really bad Whatever, you can feel all those emotions, but it's a construct. The same way an idea is a construct. The same way our conversation now is a construct. You're hearing my voice, it's tapping into things in your mind, and it's creating visuals and et cetera, et cetera. Almost like CGI. But, but, but still, the idea of pain is limited to, unfortunately, the planet. So it's always mm -hmm. temporary. It might occur, some people suffer for many years, I'm I'm fond of saying even the people with the worst pain on the planet, let's say a cancer pain or blah blah blah, they don't suffer while they're asleep. Yeah. Even you know they might tell you it's hard to sleep, but but still when they're asleep, there's no suffering. So what's going on? That means the construct or the television set that has been allowing or the you know the receiver that is allowing the brain to focus on all this stuff is off doesn't mean you've died. Your consciousness is still there. You're still aware. In the research, it shows that we bring about a third of our consciousness to each lifetime, roughly a third. You know, people were asked, how much of your energy did you bring? And they'll say between 20 and 40%, generally. Two-thirds of our conscious energy is always home, back home, back where Pearl is, back where these teachers are, back where these guides are. We don't have access to it because we have to filter that part of it out so that we can exist on a day-to-day -day basis, go through our lives. But when we have a dream or go to sleep or deep hypnosis or a near-death event or, or in a coma, out-of-body experience, sometimes drugs, ayahuasca, whatever, people can access that other two-thirds of their conscious 
memories, those consciousness of their existence. So, so that's so that's the process. So when you think about the process, well, no matter what happens on stage, you know, getting shot, getting uh, run over by a car, that's on stage because once once the the conscious part of you goes home. You reconnect with the other two thirds that's back there. So, unfortunately or fortunately, um, all the concepts that occur on the planet, which include um, whatever, all these concepts that I'm talking about, they're all pretty much on stage. Now, I'm reminded by Pearl. Pearl just <laughs> pops something into my head, and I, I appreciate that, Pearl. Thank you. I want Pearl to take you to a place of healing. First, okay. I want to thank the council for allowing me to blab in front of you guys. You guys are really cool. I know we didn't talk to two people, but, you know, we can talk to you later. We appreciate that. Everybody, Miss S, Miss D, Miss G, Mr., Mr. G, Mr. S, and Miss D. You guys are all really cool, and I appreciate you allowing me to have this kind of goofy conversation with you. So, Pearl, I need mm-hmm. your help. I want mm-hmm. you to walk Laura into her place of healing. She knows what I'm talking about. Are we inside or outside? Outside. You're outside. Very good. Mm -hmm. Now let's look around outside. What's out here? It's a lagoon. A lagoon. Um, There's a waterfall. It's a pool. There's a pool. Okay, very good. It's not a swimming pool, a natural pool. (laughs) Any any trees or stuff like that? Uh, Greenery, yes. Um, Greenery. All right. Shrubs. Mm-hmm. You see some trees. All right, first I want you to walk over to the water. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Pearl, walk her over there. Put your hand in the water. What does it feel like? Cool, refreshing. Cool and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of consciousness associated with this water? Mm, yes. And is it male or female, neither or both? It feels like both. Feels like both. So I'm going to ask this water a question. And Pearl, let the water know. I'm not going to be rude. Just asking some mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mr. Miss Water, Miss Water, we'll call you Miss, Miss O, right? French. So are you a construct? Are you creating this water for Laura's benefit or do you do exist back here on the flip side? Both. <laughs> both. Okay, very good. That would make sense. So you're both mm-hmm. a construct. Who is creating the water? Is it Laura creating it or are you creating it as well or both? Is that what you mean? Yes. So have you ever incarnated? Let's just call water what it is. Water incarnates. It evaporates, it goes up, and it comes back. Have you ever incarnated on our planet? No. No. Okay, wait, let me ask you wait, this. Wait. I'm getting something else. Yes. <laughs> no yes. yes or yes no? Yes, you have. Okay. But let me ask you, have you incarnated on any other planets? Yes. You have. Okay. And would you put one in the mind of Laura? Yes. I mean, it could. is it in our solar system? Yes. Okay, and and what would be the name of what would be a name? What's the first letter of this planet? Earth. 
Did you say off of Earth or is Earth? Well, other planets. Any other planets oh, besides Earth? Oh, okay. That's my question. It's all right. We're going to get to you in a minute on Earth, but I mean, let's start with other planets. Oh. Okay. Um, have you? Have, no. Have you? No. No. Okay. Very good. I just happened to be watching this show last night about the water on Venus. I was I had no idea. Uh-huh. It had like tons of water, and then it's you know now it's gone. Whatever. But so, let me. Can I ask you some questions, Miss Water, Miss O? Yes. Is that okay? All right. Um, how do we? How do we? clean up the water on our planet? What's a physical way that we can do that? I mean, if if you don't mind me asking that question. I know it's a complex answer, but what's a what's a way that we can do that? Um, so I've got, um, hmm, it's a filtration that I'm seeing okay. two different things. One that's kind of like evaporating and bubbly and going up and out, and the other one is going through Earth to Earth. So, and okay, and is is that cleansing cleansing process? Is that something humans can create, or is that just something that's from nature? It's happening already in nature. It's happening already in nature. So, can yeah. we accelerate that process by creating artificial environments where water is able to filtrate through dirt? Yes. Okay, that was my question. And the same with the evaporation and the bubbly process. In terms of salt water to fresh water, I, listen, I, I, it's rare that I can talk to water, so let me ask you, <laughs> how, what's, what's a process that you can put in Laura's mind of us transferring salt water to fresh water in a very inexpensive fashion? Or any fashion. Now I'm getting a picture of swirling water. It's like moving in an oval shape. Um, I'm not uh-huh. quite understanding what. Uh, is it but it's is moving. it swirling? Is it going down or is it going up? It's both. It's so it's down going and up. Down so it's a and swirling up, process. Yeah. Ah, yeah. so are you saying that mixing or or speeding up water molecules yeah. would help? Okay, so that would be like an accelerator. Yes. Okay, so an accelerator, almost like the way nuclear energy works, but with water, and you would accelerate the water so that it evaporates or that salt falls. Is that correct? Uh, um, Gravity um, pulls the salt out of the water? That looks correct, yes. Okay, very good. Listen, it doesn't have to be totally correct. The fact that we can even talk about it is, like, insane, but it's fun. Because, you know, I was expecting us to talk to a tree, and we can talk to trees, and I've talked to many trees, but I've never had a conversation with water before, but I know we can. So, I mean, I, I assume we can, and, and, and it really was asking you if there was somebody we could talk to. So, so what would be something you'd like to tell our planet in terms of water? Like, how can we, you know, make sure that we keep fresh water so when we decide to reincarnate, we can have it. I've got love, love the water. Beautiful. And that, that's it, that love the water? Of, uh, that's, kind of, that's the big picture. <laughs> okay, so I understand. you small detail? No, but I understand it. it's a huge answer. Love the water. It sounds simple, yeah. 
but it's the concept of opening your heart to everyone and all things. And once we as humanity can see that water has a place no less important than our brother, sister, mother, father, once we understand that everything is here for a specific reason, that everything yeah. has energy, everything is consciousness. Yeah. So that profound answer, that love is where you begin. And if you can, is this correct, Miss Water? Opening your yeah. heart to water is as important as opening your heart to animals, to everything else. Is that correct? Yes. It's love it in, in the way that you can. And that will be enough. If everybody did that, that would be enough. Okay, very good. So I love that. What a beautiful answer. Listen, I talked to a tree, and I asked, I asked a number of trees, but I asked one particular tree during one of these sessions, how do we, you know, how do we fix the temperature of the planet? I'll ask you, Miss Water, what would your advice be about fixing the temperature of the planet, cooling the planet down? What would it be? So I'm seeing the Australian brush fires. So yeah. it has something to do with balancing of elements, looks like. Balancing water and fire. And, yeah. Uh, that's exactly what the tree said. The tree said, oh. plant a trillion trees. And I said, why? And the tree said, because it'll lower the temperature of the earth by creating more oxygen. It'll take more carbon out of the air, and it will lower the temperature of the planet. So then I looked it up, and it turns out that New Zealand is planting a billion trees. So we just need 999 more places on the planet to plant trees. It's a simple answer. But now I'm hearing from water that it's balancing the elements, mm -hmm. which includes, of course, planting trees and respecting water for what it is. I mean, look, I must, it must be disconcerting for water to be. Let me ask you water so oh it's a complex question and i i don't expect anybody to answer but in terms of uh, nuclear radiation that goes into water what happens to that is that is that something that's is that poison the water forever or is that something that eventually will fall away because the water will regenerate i, I don't know the answer but i'm asking you Yes, it regenerates, but not not on its own. It's it depends on other things to create this um, balance with it. It's I'm getting soil, but also particles in the soil. Okay, um, very good. Soil and particles in the soil. There's. Yeah, it's like um, hmm, the micro something in the soil. Okay, I understand. Very good. <laughs> well, that's that's a profoundly deep answer. You know what's <laughs> funny about this research is is that you know you can't tell anybody where you heard the answer. You can just say, "Look, I have an idea for how to fix the planet." You can't say, no, "They go, where'd you get this idea?" Uh, I got it from water. So water, Miss Water, generate, but it's not. It's like the water itself is not doing it. It's only part of piece of the puzzle. There's many other pieces of the puzzle, but it has to do with the soil, the water, and the the, the organisms within the water. Very good. I see. In terms of uh, uh, defeating the uh, nuclear radiation that's in water.
So yes. it's like it's filtering, like but multiple yes. levels of filtering. Okay, I understand. Very good. And well, and these organisms are are like maybe it's fungus or something that breaks down and purifies. It's a it's a living organism within the water in the soil. I understand. There is there have been they have discovered uh, flora that um, can break down nuclear radiation, and they've been planting it around um, Chernobyl so that uh, the thing will, you know, digest. They yes. take, you know, the stuff that's in the soil and digest the stuff and it breaks it down, which is... Yes, so it's, it's something, something like, like that. that. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thing to learn. So, Pearl, thank you for uh-huh. introducing us to Miss Water. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking us on this journey. And what what do you want Laura to experience now? What what and she's in this place of healing. What does she need to do? Open it up and open up and accept. Open up and accept. Accept what? Coupons? <laughs> the healing and love. <laughs> healing and love and coupons. Coupons for healing and love. I'm kidding. <laughs> Pearl knows my sense of humor. Very good. All right, well, let's thank everybody. Let's thank the whole uh, kit and the caboodle of people that are listening, the scientists who are taking notes, the billionaires who are, like, out there patenting water right now, whatever it is. Um, the whole purpose of our conversation is to access that, uh, to show, demonstrate how simple it is without, obviously, there's no hypnosis involved, Obviously, I'm just asking questions, and it's only because of my familiarity with the answers that I'm able to ask these kind of bizarre, unusual questions. And all I can say is that Laura's answers are no different than anybody who accesses their counsel, whether it's Dr. Drew or, you know, whatever it is. So have you ever visited your counsel before, Laura? Yes. You have. Okay. Okay. Were these the same? Were you? Did you see them as individuals or lights before? Lights. Okay. So the difference only would be that with Pearl's help and with their help, they allowed themselves to manifest a little more clearly as yes. individuals. You yes. see? And so mm-hmm. that allows you to... Um, it personifies them a little bit, which... You know, from a council's point of view, it's like, well, that's not necessary. You know, it's, it's better that we pass along our messages kind of anonymously, you know, so people will hear them. But but I think a little personification helps because when you realize there are, you know, like somebody like Miss D, who's funny, you know, who represents comedy, is mm-hmm. in your corner. And yeah. and whenever, whenever things get hairy or bizarre or difficult, you can call on Miss D for a laugh. Yes. How cool is that? Very cool. <laughs> so there you go, Laura. That's what I do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, you're quite welcome. And I really, I'm. You now you've recorded this. Would you please email me the recording? Because I'd love to transcribe it and write it up, and you know, take a look at it. Oh, sure, sure. And um, if people want to see more of yourself, t- contact you, how can they do that? They just need to talk to their guides. 
because they all know me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, Martini Zone on YouTube. I've just I just got that name, so it's Martini Zone. It's easy to remember, you know, like the Twilight Zone, the Martini Zone, mm -hmm. just Martini Zone. Um, and uh, you can find me email-wise, Martini Prods. I should change that to Martini Zone, but Martini Prods at Gmail. And okay. where else? Um, the books, you know, I've got six out now. Uh, flip side, it's a wonderful afterlife, volume one and two. Hacking the afterlife, which is big and dense. Not for everybody, but for those who find it, we'll appreciate it. Uh, backstage Pass to the Flip Side, Talking to the Afterlife with Jennifer Schaefer, those two books. And then I'm okay. just finishing up these two other books, Architecture of the Afterlife and another book three of Backstage Pass to the Flip Side with Jennifer. And so I've got a lot of work in front of me <laughs> and no time. Who knows? <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing your time with us. Thanks so much well, for being here. Well, thank you, here. Laura. Wasn't this, wasn't this fun? I hope, I hope yeah. you uh, take a listen to it and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I think it's fantastic for ha to have somebody help us access, um, not me, but I mean like Pearl. You know, Pearl did all the work. Uh -huh. So we appreciate her. Thank you, Pearl. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Laura. Talk to you uh -huh. soon. That's our show this week. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Richard, for being here. And if you want to join us live and you're in the Richmond, Virginia area, we have moon circles and other gatherings on a regular basis. Pop in and see us. You can check out our website or Facebook page for details on that. And I hope to see you at one of those events soon. So we get lots of questions. Your questions are the basis for podcasts, articles, and YouTube content. So please keep them coming, too. And um, if you want to send me an email, my email address is laura at pantasociety.net. I'm grateful to all of you for being here and tuning in. Hope you're having a fabulous season, and I'll see you next week. Ciao.